Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 222 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Elk migrations, why they're important, and what's going on. That's what we're going to talk about today in today's episode. So sit back and enjoy. Elk Elk migrations, there is nothing that gets me more excited than migrations. I don't know why. It doesn't matter whether it's birds, whether it's big game animals, it doesn't matter. Fish, whales, I could care less. Migrations are so fascinating and so unique to me because they take place over hundreds, thousands of years. It takes time for them to develop these routes because as the climate change, they would inch their way north and all of a sudden, it just got a little better and then it warmed up. And as the ice retreated, these migrations happened a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And now you have some that are 18,000 miles and others that are less than five because we've cut off their corridors. Elk migrations following the herds on their epic journeys. Elk, particularly in the United States, and in Canada have very long distance migrations. Some are hundreds of miles. Um, They could have been longer, but we have no idea because we've built so much, put all these roadblocks in their way, but it's just really one of those impressive things. There is an area not too far from my house that every winter, the, the landowner, the farmer absolutely hates it. But you look out on this hill above his house, and there is this majestic mile-long string of cows, calves, bulls, yearlings, spikes, satellite bulls, and they are spread out for a mile, and they are all just coming into his haystack, which pisses him off. But it is the most majestic, beautiful, I don't know, National Geographic looking thing ever. It's amazing. It's not the same as when you go into Jackson and see the elk at the feed yard or the feed yards in Utah or Wyoming. This is natural. They're doing this on their own, not because they've been trained. This is just where they're coming, and it's awesome. It's amazing. But their migrations are based upon seasonal patterns. With the seasons, changing of the seasons, and the changing of the habitat and the vegetation, elk are forced to move from one area to another. Now, talking with scientists and biologists, they believe that a lot of the migrations started very short distance and progressively got bigger over time. Now, some migrations happened because of the ice age. And like in Europe, they believe there are birds that started from in Spain and just went to the top of Europe. And then as the ice age, as the ice age retreated, the uh, glaciers retreated, these migration routes got longer and longer. And so too, they believe possibly happened with deer elk because it just doesn't happen overnight. Some of these are hundreds of miles. How do they know to go this way instantly? No, it takes time. As the as the cow and the calf migrate into an area and they find good feed, then they come back. They migrate, and maybe the feed's not as good. They go a little bit further, and then they come back. Over generations, these migrations are built, and they're going between summer and winter ranges. Some are five miles, 10 miles, not very long at all. Others, hundreds of miles. But it's 
dominated and the reason why they're doing these migrations is because of forage. They're looking for the best forage available so they can put on the most amount of fat so they can get through winter, so they can reproduce, so they can have more calves. That's the ultimate goal. They have to find areas with a lot of food and so these migrations are important because we didn't always have the haystacks and the hay fields and all the orchards and everything that they love to eat now. We didn't always have that readily available for them, so they had to travel for it. There's huge elevation changes that's going on. Some are dropping down to as low as 2,000 feet and going as high as 10,000 feet. And then those summers, you get those seasonal summer rains and the luscious green grass up top. And as it gets cold, it pushes them down, 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 and they're running from that cold, finding areas that they can survive if those migration corridors aren't cut off. And then they make it through winter. Hopefully they don't have a winter like we just had, where we lost most of the cat or a lot of calves, a lot of yearlings, and a lot of really old stuff. Stuff that was eight or nine years or older died. And if they can get low enough and away from those snows and they're not blocked by freeways and urban areas and bridges and all those different things, then they can migrate into those areas where they can get below the snow that's detrimental to their health. They also don't migrate by themselves. They are herd animal, herd hypothesis. Let's get lost in the herd because Junior is going to get eaten more likely than I am. And so they group up together because herds are important to them. Think about the predators that hunted them. You've got bear, you got bears, you got wolves, you got coyotes, cougars, herd hypothesis. They get together in herds because there's safety in herds. Many eyes, it makes it easier for them to look out for predators and they can be lost because if there's a thousand of you, it's less likely that you're going to get eaten by a cougar versus as if you're just by yourself. So they get together, then numbers, they travel in these big groups. The only time they're really alone, the cows and the calves, is during the calving season when the cows will go off into an area for a little bit by themselves, give birth to their calf, and then bring them back into groups. Migrations are dominated by predator-prey interactions as well, because predators are constantly attacking these groups as they are migrating from one area to another. Now, over the generations of time, these the prey, the cows, the calves, the elk, they understand that there are areas that are going to be more dangerous or landscapes that are going to be more dangerous than others because of learned experiences. They've watched so many cows die here or so many calves get eaten here. But these groups are just hitting these animals as they are passing through. So there will be no elk in this certain area. All of a sudden, for the next three weeks, there's a lot of elk. And these predators just have a lot of excitement during this period of time. And it's very challenging as they are migrating because they are less aware of the danger areas. There are some conservation challenges. I keep talking about it, but corridors, migration corridors are getting cut off. Urban development, highways, fencing, all of these make it difficult. And so we have to do our best. To, so I can see these elk for miles coming into this haystack that pisses this guy off. We have to protect those areas that they are migrating through. It's, it's amazing to watch. Like I could sit and watch 
these elk file in all day long. Because once they come in, they just keep coming. And it's, it's cultural significance. Think about all the different cultures that have had elk involved in them. All the uh, Europeans and before the Europeans, the Native Americans, and all the significance they play in North America and the role they played. Elk are just amazing. And it's important for us to continue those studies. Study the elk, study, understand the migrations, continue to put collars out, continue to monitor and run your algorithms on the collars to see if we can pick out any new points of data. This habitat's better than this one. This elevation's better than this one. This plant, and we can look at all that. This soil, even soil, makes an impact on what the animals are picking. Because when we can do that, if we can better understand the way to conserve this population, to help the populations grow. In a, in a time where land is being taken and turned into houses and highways, let us conserve and go after the right type of landscape for these animals to help protect them. All right, you guys, that's what I got for today. Elk migrations are just amazing phenomenon, and they show the adaptability of animals but also putting them in a string of generations. Think about the generations of time that it took to take a migration of 125, 150 miles. How long did that take? And think about how important their previous generations were and what we're going to do to those generations later. If you guys like today's episode, go ahead and hit the like button. Follow me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. Let me know uh, whether you like it, what do you want me to change, and if there's topics you want me to cover. You guys have a great day. Stay wild.